I would be remiss if I didn't stop right now. On behalf of Paulette, I thank uh, NR and Sarah for their wonderful hospitality. We've enjoyed being with you. We hope we'll be friends a long time. Amen. You're younger than me, so i got to live longer for that to happen. So I want you to pray right. for that. Amen. And also, I can't remember her name, but the dear lady that fixed the banana pudding I had for lunch... I've all prayed today, and I said, Lord, I do have the banana pudding person for heaven. And the macaroni and cheese. It's been a long time. That old stuff in the box, that's not macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese got cheddar cheese in it. And then it's baked. It's got cheddar cheese melted on top of that. I thought my tongue was going to slap my brains out before I could get a get a bite of that. But... You know, I miss those days when I started in the ministry. Uh, we'd stay for a week and eat in the homes. That's why I'm big as I am. It's your fault. People like you feeding us so good. But you, I want to thank those that have been faithful and fearless enough to be with us. But also to those who are struggling with this COVID and are at home and watching. Thank you for watching and being a part of uh, uh, what we're trying to do in this place this week. I'm going to speak tonight... Uh, on a very difficult, I'm going to teach tonight a little bit and preach on a very difficult subject for me called America's Last Stand. And then it's going to have some prophetic teaching and a lot of scripture. And I've given our friend up there so those scriptures, we're going to do our best, but I'll be even using scriptures I didn't give him. So I hope you'll listen uh, very carefully to what I have to say. The only thing I brought up with me tonight is the unraveling of America. It was a revelation God released in me in 2015. And in it, I deal with some of the things that uh, our liberal friends take for granted, that like abortion, like homosexual marriage, uh, like global warming, some of the things that are that we have deception around. Uh, are there partial truths? Everybody know what I'm talking about. And so uh, it's this book now seems more relevant this year than it did when we first released it. So uh, we do have extras of these back there. And the one thing I wanted to tell, especially the young people, how many of you have a friend that you argue with every once in a while about these things? This book, in the back, are the footnotes, the websites, and the documentation for everything I say. Now, this book was birthed out of a revelation God gave me from the book of Revelation, chapter 9, that I'll mention along during the message. Uh, honey, take this if you would. For some reason it's distracting me up here. But anyway, also I didn't mention this morning, and several asked me when I got here, I don't sell jewelry, I'm not a jewelry maker, and I don't sell nativity sets. But we have friends in Israel. Paulette and I have been to Israel 28 times. We've been to the Middle East over 30 times because we've been to Turkey and Asia Minor and places like that. And uh, people in Israel that have that are in the tourist business and the, in Bethlehem, that they, those nativity sets are made in Bethlehem out of olive wood from Israel. The necklaces are handmade in Israel by Sammy. I can't remember, S-A-M-I. I can't remember his last name. But uh, Ronnie and I heard about their predicament, and uh, our ministries just sent them money and invested and, and bought them out. And so we have a few left. Ronnie has done left. I have about eight more set nativity sets at home. I have one or two more here. But uh, the good thing about them, and we saw the children wanting to play with them, is these are unbreakable. Now, I'm not saying a toddler with teeth couldn't gnaw one. I've had uh, three kids and eight grandkids, so I know all about it. But that's why that's out there. Because I know some people would look at that and think it looks funny in a church. But I think if we're helping Christian friends, that in a hard way, it's well worth it. And everything that comes in through our ministry, even the offerings that the pastor and honorariums or whatever will come toward us, every bit of that is invested in Fresh Oil Ministries. That's the ministry Paulette and I do our work through. So... Whatever you do, have done, I promise you, is going to come back a hundredfold in your life and in the lives of people you will never meet uh, as long as God gives us breath to minister. America's last stand. I want you to stand up with me in reverence for the inerrant word of the living God. 
And Pastor, I believe we got our best crowd here on the last night. I like to end that way, don't you? I think it's wonderful. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. We'll start there. We're going to go many places tonight. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. Boy, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible word when you listen to it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Father, in the name of Jesus, our nation is at a precipice, at a crossroads. And Lord, we recognize in our spirit that it's not political. We know, Lord, that no politics are involved. We know that it's not political. We know we, there's a struggle going on, an invisible war. And Father, help us to give revelation that will help people understand the depths of the struggle and even the hatred we have felt towards some during this season. And we ask, Lord, that people will leave here with compassion and with a heart to witness. And knowing also, Lord, that you have this thing in your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Spiritual warfare, under my reluctant acceptance, became my God-given wheelhouse. The book I wrote on spiritual warfare, which is no longer in print, Everyone's Guide to Demons and Spiritual Warfare, in 2011, became the best-selling book of all time in the area of spiritual warfare. When I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I wanted to be Benny Hinn, not John Bevere, or not one of the war- warriors. And my baptism in the ministry, uh, was, I was invited to a hospital where a woman had tried to commit suicide. I had never done spiritual warfare. I had been baptized in the Holy Ghost about a month. We'd had three women make a witchcraft suicide pact in our community. They were in a local hospital. Two of them were dead. One of them was alive. They called me. The guy said, we think we got something here that a preacher needs to help us with. So I got a friend to go with me, another pastor. And we got in there, this woman was sitting there, and a man's voice came out of her mouth and cursed me and said, I'm going to kill you, and made all kind of remarks at me. Now, you're looking at a guy that had believed all this stuff had ceased. Tongues and everything else. Now I was speaking in tongues and believing all this stuff, and I had a demon speaking to me. And uh, I just did what the Bible did. I started casting the things out. Thirteen demons left her. She was totally healed and redeemed. Two days later, she came out of the hospital. So Dr. Fuzzy Face, that's what I call him, big old beard, he showed up from, you know, you know, with the glasses and a pipe, he showed up, the psychologist, to correct me. And he said, we don't like your methods down at Park Ridge Hospital. I said, did it work? Because really, I couldn't explain what, what happened. He said, well, yes, it worked. I said, did yours work? He said, no. I said, then I like my method better than yours. So I've been in spiritual warfare. And in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, St. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's schemata, schemes. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We think we do. But against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenlies, in the heavenly realms. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand and in the, in the evil day. How many of you believe we're in the evil day? And having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth and he gives all of the weapons. Of warfare. We come to understand when we read that passage that our planet Earth exists in a solar system which is part of the galaxy Milky Way which is one of a billion galaxies but it all had a beginning and it will have an end. And time is the product of creation. God doesn't live in the realm of time. There is a spiritual realm that's more everlasting, more wonderful, more powerful, far beyond the dimensions that we live here in this planet. But there's a place called the heavenlies, a spiritual realm where demons operate, come in and out of that realm, and also it's where we worship. It's in the spiritual realm where we worship and where we war. 
That's what he says here. It's the same thing. Ephesians 2, we were made to sit together with him in the heavenly places in worship. Same word here. But we also, when we get there, there are evil forces of darkness that are there. Now, I don't want to get into all that. I want to go immediately to the to those dark rulers. The dark rulers, those realms of demons, are demons that are ruling over nations and national entities. Now, before you waste your breath, and there are a lot of writers that believe this wrongly, you cannot pull down a national entity. The principality of Persia that was there, that Daniel fought in Daniel 10, that Michael had to resist for him, that principality over Iran is still there. The prince of Rosh, found in Ezekiel, that will be a last day's enemy, is still going to be there when this world's over. Now, we can take care of the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenlies. Those that those are the ones we operate. But I've seen people waste it. I've seen ministries destroyed trying to pull down in realms they're not qualified to pull down in. But that nevertheless, I hate to tell you, but besides the good angels, there are demons. There are ruling spirits over Washington, D.C., over Rome, Italy, over Moscow, Russia, over Bluefield, West Virginia. They are here. There are spiritual oppositions wherever we go, and Paul tells us about them here, and we're told to be put dressed in the armor of God. And if you want me to make that very simple, dress yourself up in Jesus Christ. He is your truth. He is the one we believe in, our, our, our breastplate of righteousness. He is our shield of faith. He is the one that arms us up for the battle. These principalities and powers and dark spirits are operating behind the scene primarily for one thing right now. And this is going to be hard for you to believe, and I won't get to it till the end of the message, but stay with me. The reason Donald Trump is hated is not because he's a billionaire, and I'm not recommending you, I don't care who you vote for. I hope you got sense enough to know who to vote for. But I am telling you, he's not hated because he's the orange man. He's not hated because he's a billionaire. He's not even hated because he's espousing principles. He's hated because he supports Israel. And I'm going to show you by the end of this message that what he's done in in recognizing that the capital of Israel has been and always will be Jerusalem has set the teeth of every liberal, every nutcase, on edge. He has thrown this in the teeth of one billion Muslims who do not want to live peacefully with you but want to take over your country. And there's a whole chapter in that book about their efforts to do that. I want to set that out front right now. If you want to look at the time clock of what's going on in the world, you look at Israel. Here you got Trump having peace treaties with all these countries with Israel. They tried, you know, for how how long did Bill Clinton, he got an agreement signed. You know, Jimmy Carter got an agreement signed. George Bush got one signed. That didn't work. Because the Muslims want Jerusalem. And the reason they do, and I don't have time to take you to the date Bible or anything else, is because, friend, there was a world, this earth used to be something else ruled over by Lucifer. When he was an angel of light belonging to God. The first overseer of this planet was the one who became the devil. And there was life here until it was destroyed 15,000 years ago. I'm telling you folks, there's something strange going on. But I'm going to show you in the Bible, before we leave here tonight, something you've never seen before. And, and you have to stay with me to get to it. But I'm going to show you how he still wants that mountain called Zion. And that ancient, what goes back, the underlying cause of all this, you're going to see, in the middle of all of it is Israel. Now, the one reason I know Jesus is coming back soon is because Israel's a nation right now, born in one day in 1948. And last time uh, Paulette and I were in Israel, I don't know if you're with me or not, we got to go to the very location in Tel Aviv where Israel was declared a nation in one day in 1948. I want to tell you, 
I went in there and I, you talk about trembling. I got to shaking all over and I knew I was standing on prophetic ground. It's interesting too that Trump's son-in-law is a Jew and his daughters have become a Jew. So all these people that call him a Nazi are, are the Nazis killed six million Jews. How dumb can people be? I mean, it's just beyond me. I, it gives me a hard time. Well, what is going on in America? All these people that disagree with us, half the country is going to vote the other way, whichever way you vote. Are they all bad people? No. They are deceived people. When Satan started in the Garden of Eden, by the way, if, if this world was made, the world we live in, if it was not something else, can I ask you a question? When God didn't make it without form and void, how did it get there? And what was the devil doing already here, Pastor? What was he doing sliding around Eden? Because he thinks this is his world. And he thinks those ancient Israel is his place. That's his ground. I'll show you that in a moment. Let's talk about deception. When you start out with Satan, he's deceiving in Genesis 3, 15. God puts enmity between him and the woman. And between his seed and her seed. And her seed is going to be Jesus and us. And the war starts there. But he goes in the Garden of Eden and he deceives Eve. Now, as, hear me well. Eve is a type of the church. She's a bride. And the enemy wants to deceive you. I, if you know what a concordance is, run, deceive, deception. Run it through your Bible. On the last page, pages of your Bible... It says the devil that deceived them is cast like a fire. Every time God talks about him in Revelation, he talks about deception. Well, I hate, boy, I hate that deception's coming. It's already here. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're told the Antichrist is coming. They, they, these people in Thessaloniki had thought that the rapture had come and they'd been left behind. And so in 2 Thessalonians 2, Now, brethren, this is Paul, concerning the coming of our Lord and our gathering together to Him. That's rapture. We want you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit, that's a demon, or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin, that's the Antichrist, is revealed, the son of perdition. By the way, the word falling away there, apostasia, we have an English word apostasy. That's not what the word meant. It didn't. It means to depart, and it came to mean depart from the faith. But in ancient Greek, if you were in the army and you were leaving Rome to be stationed, say, in Ephesus, you were apposted. How many of you got went to a post when you were in the military? That's where the word came from. Now you're gonna like this or not like it, one or the other. The apostasia is when I get reposted from here to there. Isn't that better? I'm telling you, that's it. And say so, so there come not a falling away, but a departure away. And then the Antichrist is going to be revealed. He's not going to be revealed until we're out of here. You know, when I've been alive, they thought that Khrushchev, because they had a birthmark on his head, was the Antichrist. I mean, excuse me, Gorbachev. They thought Khrushchev was the Antichrist. thought Hitler was the Antichrist. Antichrist isn't here. Not going to be here till we're gathered to him. Not going to be here until we're reposted. See, this world's not my home. I'm an emissary here. I'm in the army of God here. But one day, like Trump's going to bring those boys home and girls from Afghanistan, I'm going home to, to glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to get reposted. Don't you like that? You ought to like it enough to shout a little bit right now and let me catch my breath. But even though Antichrist isn't here, listen to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. Know ye... And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed his own time. There's something restraining the coming of the, of the wicked one. There's something holding him back. He says, the mystery, verse 7, of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. 
The Holy Ghost in the church is restraining the complete takeover of evil in our world. But he tells us here that this mystery of iniquity is already at work. So what the the Antichrist deception, the lie, the lie, and people are going to go to hell. You read 1 Thessalonians 5, they're going to hell because of the lie. This deception, the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. Listen to John, 1 John 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Are you listening? Which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist was in the world already when John wrote the book of Revelation. Now, why have I went through all of that? So you'll understand that there are voices that are controlled by demonic influence. Adolf Hitler understood the power of television. They had it when he was in Germany, long before it was here. He understood the power of film. Spent a lot of money on film. He took over all the news media and invented something called propaganda. Propaganda is news that is twisted in one way where you don't get the whole truth. Sometimes people out there call it today fake news. Propaganda. With one third of the people of Germany, this man took over Europe nearly and killed nearly a hundred million people in the world. He did it with propaganda, with fake news, with lies. And that's why I'm preaching this to you tonight. It's already at work. All right. Got that over here. There's propaganda, there's fake news, there's lies. And the reason it's here is because Satan is a deceiver. The reason Satan wants to take this planet over is because for some reason he wants something back that used to be his. Alright, next thing I want to talk about is the return of the Antichrist whom the Bible calls Apollo. How many of you studied mythology in high school? You remember the god Apollo? He pops up in Revelation chapter 9 called Apollyon, but we know it's the same Apollo. You said, oh, this is sounding really weird. It's going to get weirder. It's going to get weirder. There is an organization, and this is in that book, by the way, that was established in 1832 in the United States out of Germany called the Skull and Bone Society. It became prominent when it was reinstituted at Yale University by a senator from the United States named Prescott Bush. Yes, the father of George H.W. and the grandfather of George W. Bush. Since 1932, by the way, Prescott Bush was the largest seller of rifles and hand arms to Nazi Germany in the world. Fact. Because I never did like the Bushes and everybody thought they were wonderful, I got many, I got uninvited places, but I knew the story. I knew Jeb Bush was a drug pusher out of Nicaragua. I knew that George H.W. and Bill Clinton had built the largest uh, landing strip in the world in Mena, Arkansas. I knew there was a hundred bodies out there. And I knew that when they were flying stuff in and out of Nicaragua that Reagan didn't know about when Bush was over the CIA and later vice president. They, him and Clinton were in cahoots, and that's why they traveled all over the world. That's why people gave $4 billion to Haiti, to, to, to Clinton and Bush, and four houses were built, and we're feeding Haitian orphans today out of our ministry. I'm upset about it. I don't care. You know, at this point, you can look this stuff up. You can get my book. You can look it up. What I'm telling you is true. Prescott Bush, now the Skull and Bone Society. Since 1932, it's had 911 members. 
Ain't that interesting, 9-11? But anyway, by the way, Revelation 9-11 is interesting too, which we're going to touch in a minute. So, out of those 911 members, over 700 of them have held high office in the Washington government of the United States. What's that got to do with Apollo? When you walk into their meeting, which you can't get in, and uh, they've been told on, and it's, this, this was on 60 Minutes, by the way, back in the 60s. Uh, when you walk in, there's a statue of Apollo. This is a secret society. They sit in the Masons. The Masons are wonderful compared to this. It's a secret society that believes in globalism, believes there's going to be a one world government. And when they have their meetings, they say, all hail Apollo, we await your return. If you go to the Library of Congress, there's a statue of Apollo. I could go on and on. In the cultic world of secret societies that have their hand, including George Soros, who, by the way, came out of Germany, when you put your hand and begin to look at these secret societies, the mythologies are all over there. And by the way, I believe these these ancient mythological gods and all that, there were, there was, there were demonic entities here during the time of Satan that these things kind of came down from. So there you have it. The skull and bones. Did you know when John Kerry and George W. Bush were running against each other, they were both bonesmen? They were asked, nobody even paid attention, they were asked on television by one brave reporter before Fox News. They were asked by one, aren't y'all both of the skull and bone society and not a secret society? And George Bush said, well, it's a secret, so we can't talk about it. And John Kerry said, I want to keep living, so I'm not going to say anything about it. And kind of laughed. And that was all that was said about it. But you understand then it didn't matter who got elected president. You heard of names like Averill, Harriman. I mean, I could, you could go through the list of all these secretaries of state, all this kind of stuff, and they're there. So if you think... If you think for any reason, anybody that wanted to walk into that Democrat-Republican swamp that's been run by the Skull and Bone Society in this country and by the same families and their network, if somebody was just going to walk in there out of the business world and say, this ain't being run right, I think I'll just turn it upside down and without being hated, you're not here. Like I said, if you mistake me, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a Jesus Crat, but I ain't going to vote for anybody that kills babies. I'd vote for Donald Duck before I'd vote for anybody that kills babies. And so we're, we're in Revelation 9. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now this star is, is Apollo, Apollyon. And by using the word star, it simply means an entity, a, a, a spiritual being that's come out of that heavenly realm. See, they're, they're not here operating, they're ruling from the spiritual realm. But there, there's going to be a crack, just like there was when creation happened. And I'm not going to go to physics, honey. It'd take two hours for me to explain that, and then you still wouldn't know what I was talking about. But anyway, there's going to be a crack in that wall. And a d- demonic figure is going to fall to the earth, coming back. He's called Apollo. He's called the Antichrist. He's called, he's called the Assyrian. He's called the Babylonian. There's a lot of names. But this entity is coming back. He's got the key to the bottomless pit. Well, the bottomless pit is where... The fallen angels in Genesis 6 were bound when they cohabited with women and had a master race who could have been those mythological gods. By the way, they just found in Greece uh, statues of giants over 12 feet tall. I mean, not statues, but uh, skeletons this past week. They're going to be let out again. And dear friend... 
the Nephilim that were here in Genesis 6, and that survived the flood are coming back. There's going to be unleashed on this earth a demonic, they're going to be people you think are people one day, and I hope I'm not here. That's, I'm talking to those who are going to be left behind. you got something coming. Now, he, it, we're told that this, they turn these things loose and they look like horses and locusts and so forth. They're called scorpions and locusts. Now, I'm fixing to shock you. The word scorpion comes from the Greek word skeptomai. What English word would you think came from that? Say skeptic. So this guy falls. He unleashes an army of skeptics. Skeptics are those who question what is really true and give you a false truth. Woe unto them that call evil good, good evil. That's a skeptic. The word locust comes from the Greek word ekrides, which means to argue and to ridicule and to make fun of. Now, what has been the strategy of the left and of the unbelievers to make fun of Pentecostals, to make fun of believers, to mock and to ridicule governmental people? Sarah Palin, a godly woman. Her name was prophetic. Sarah was the mother of Israel. The word Palin in Hebrew is miracle worker. God said a, mir- a, a mother and a miracle worker by a man running for president. He didn't know who was standing by him. And they mocked and made fun of her. They drove her completely out of public life. That's this spirit. It's already here. But one day, and I believe we'll be gone when this happens. But I'm showing it to you to let you know that we're getting the down payment of that now through the demonic attacks that we're seeing to the greatest nation on earth. Not a perfect nation. But you look around the history and decide to take your pick. Give me this land God sovereignly set here. And so Apollo returns. He unlocks hell. He looses those that question the truth and those that ridicule those who believe. And it says that he will burn up the grass. First Peter says, all, 124 says, all flesh is grass. And the glory of man as a flower. There's a spirit coming by the enemy and already its manifestations are here that doesn't leave beautiful cities behind but leaves destruction behind. That's what we're seeing. Is everybody okay? All right. If you need a bag of popcorn or a Coke, we hadn't got it, but stay with me, okay? All right. For example... Let's look at what's going on. For the first time, states are legalizing brain-destroying drugs. There's a continuing pressure to normalize homosexual activity. There's immoral confiscation of the wealth of hard-working people through unjust taxes and fees. There's a replacement of accurate, honest news with propaganda. There is scandal, cover-up, and abuse of power. There's an attack on Judeo-Christian heritage of America signaling the godless efforts to take over our government. Freedom of religion is now freedom from religion. The Bible has been abandoned, prayers forbidden, Christian symbols are being insulted, and Christian population is being ignored. America's religious heritage is being attacked while death-dealing Islam is given a pass. Foreign policy is the policy of apology and appeasement, at least it was, no longer. And now we have COVID-19. Where would that come from, Brother Ron? Do you want the truth or you want to go home? Are you ready for this? 2014, Peerbright Pharmaceuticals, P-I-R-B-R-I-G-H-T, got a United States patent on a strain called coronavirus. U.S. Patent 101-307-01-B2. It, that's in England, by the way. Pierre Bright's in, in Leeds, England. Or Sheffield, England. I'm sorry. It applied in 14. It, it was renewed in 15 and finalized in 2018. Pierre Bright makes drugs for animals. And because England had had the cow, bad cow disease, 
they were working on vaccines so that wouldn't happen again. And one of the things they were using to work on it was called a coronavirus, a new strain. In 2019, early 2019, it was sent to Wuhan, China by Pierre Bright with the permission of the Federal Drug Administration of America and the National Institutes of Health and the National Institutes of uh, Communicable Diseases. One of the leaders of the National Institute of Communicable Diseases sent $154 million with the strain of coronavirus to Wuhan. The man that sent it was named Anthony Fauci. I got this off out of just researching. We invented it. I mean, we patented it. We didn't invent it. It was to help cattle and also hopefully to help the cattle ranchers of America. But they got the bright idea that maybe we could fight SARS with this because the flu vaccine you take is 47% successful. That's all it, I mean, doesn't, doesn't work for everybody. I, the, the intention might, might have been good. So all of a sudden we got China who hates us because of all the fees they're having to pay and all the trade things that they're trying to get straightened out. They shoot this over here somehow. And by the way, if Trump had not shut China down immediately, and you remember Fauci told him not to do it, Joe Biden told him not to do it, Nancy Har- uh, Nancy Harmon, I'm sorry, she's a gospel singer, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi went to Chinatown in San Francisco to ridicule the president for shutting the country down. If that hadn't happened, there'd be two million dead right now in America. And then they won't talk. See, what a liberal does is whatever you're doing right, they claim they did it. And whatever's wrong, they claim you did it. So they're colluding with Russia, which we know now because of the laptops we've got. And guess who they blame for colluding with Russia? Woe unto them that call evil good, good. Does anybody here not see this massive corruption that stretches all the way from the demonic world? It is massive. And as Christians, you should know. You should be aware of this book enough to know. Put this book into today's life. Quit reading King James and wishing for thee and thou and read this book. He did not leave us without information. He said, I will show you things to come. We are not to be ignorant. And this stuff catch us asleep. We're to know the truth that sets us free. I could talk a little bit more about Apollo, but I'm not. Except one more thing. There is a factory, the largest factory and plant in the world. It's called CERN, capital C-E-R-N. Go look it up on your research when you get home. It is a, it used to be an atom splitter. It's so big, it crosses the border between France and Switzerland. We're in on it. Their efforts there at CERN are an effort to break out of our three dimensions. Now, we Christians don't need that. Through the Holy Ghost, we can break out without breaking anything. But they're trying to break out of this dimension. The late Stephen Hawking, the agnostic guy that wrote, uh, you know, the history of the world and all that. And remember they made a movie about it, he ended up all crippled up. The Brief History of Time, that was his book. I've got a copy of it, I've read it. Which, by the way, even though he wasn't a believer, absolutely affirmed Christianity. Because that book said this place had a start and a beginning and an ending. And it'll roll back on itself, exactly what the Bible says. Hawking before he died, traveled to CERN and said, if you don't stop what you're doing, you're going to crack open and you don't know what may fall through that dimension to this earth. And I read that and I read Revelation 9 and can anybody understand? And the interesting thing is they always run their experiments 
at the Jewish festival times. Passover through Pentecost in September and October when the fall feasts are coming. Oh, and by the way, if you visit there, there's a big, there's a demon statue out in front of it, and when you walk in the door, guess who waving, is waving at you? Apollo. They think these, that these are space people. And that if they can crack open this dimension, we can go somewhere else and they, these wonderful aliens can come here. That's what these people that are saying. Oh, you need to trust the science. Really? Information about all this is in that book out there, by the way. CERN, capital C-E-R-N, trying to break into another dimension. The director general higher believes something will come through at CERN. Wow. Wow. You can't make this stuff up, folks. I know there are people that probably think, well, he's a nut, I'm leaving, or, you know, this is crazy. But every bit of this is documented. I had a man call me who was head of the largest denomination, non-Catholic denomination in America. He was supposed to, his friend of mine, he was supposed to write a forward for this book. He refused to do it because it's just too nutty. About three months ago, he called me and said, I owe you an apology. Because everything I had said in 15, we're now seeing manifested right now. There are lies destroying America, and I'm not going to take a lot of time. There's a, that book has a list, has chapters on each lie. Let me just, can I just list them for you quickly? Y'all still with me? Number one is the erosion of the First Amendment, freedom of religion. Never, 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 not once did the early fathers of this country ever believe that you had to, you couldn't mention Jesus or God in the public arena. The first printing project in America was 55,000 Bibles by the government to give to the Native Americans. I could read you a thousand quotes. I'm not going to do it. You're, you can read, you can look it up. But the idea somehow that uh, having a prayer before a football game is dangerous. I mean, can you imagine living in such a country where you'd have a mayor of a city say you can't buy a a 48-ounce or 58-ounce Coke, but you can smoke marijuana? Am I the crazy one here? Is this not nutty? Do you think about some of these decisions and that having a prayer at a football game is dangerous? But we got Muslims in Congress who just a few years ago flew planes and killed 3,000 people in New York. Hello? This Omar woman was a part of the rebel armies of Somalia. When our boys went down and Black Hawk down, anybody know, don't remember that Mogadishu, they murdered and slaughtered and drugged our Soldiers through the streets of Mogadishu. And this nutcase, Ilan Omar, was a part of the group. She didn't do that, but she was a member of the group that did it. Now she's sitting around Congress, and I promise you, she doesn't know one thing about the Constitution. Ask me a question. Why is this woman not in jail? She gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to her adulterous lover, who she claimed, I mean... If it was anybody that was normal, they'd already be locked up like a hero like General Flynn. What's going on in this country? Lie. An unborn baby is not human. Science, trust the science. Well, do an ultrasound. Jeremiah said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I could say a lot about that. Islam is peaceful. When? Where? Name one country 
Islamic country where a Christian is free to worship. But they've taken over Dearborn, Michigan. If you live up there, you have to listen to those old sirens. If you've ever been over in the Middle East, the prayer calls and sirens going off all the time, you can't even sleep. The homosexual agenda. Gradually, we all, oh, we've got to be loving. And certainly, we want to love people and see them saved. But they'll be delivered from homosexuality. What does the Bible say about it? For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Romans 1.26. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Now, if God says something's a shame and a disgrace, it is. Doesn't matter what your opinion is. I'm sorry if your grandson's one or granddaughter. It's still wrong. She still ought to love them, but receiving them and love them does not, does not mean affirming that which is wrong. Ever. Not once. Leviticus 18.22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. There it is, as he lies with a woman. They've committed an abomination. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that unrighteous will not inherit the sin kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators, that's people just having sex without marriage. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Wow. What are we going to do with that? You get saved from your sin, not in your sin. Well, I was born that way. That's not scientifically a fact. But even if you think you are, all of us were born with a sin nature. Regular folks, a man will look wrongly at a woman, a woman might look wrong at a man, and they go through the same, they go through temptations in their area. And they're wrong too. All right. I could, I could go on and on with some of these lies that are, that we've been asked to do, but I'm going to hurry on to the finish. Why are we seeing so much hatred right now? Especially toward President Trump. This has nothing to do with party or personality. I'm going to show you now what I promised you at the beginning. Now, you've got to know in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth became without form and void. Isaiah 45, God God did not create the earth without form and void. There was an earth before the earth. And I don't have time to run those scriptures, but there are a lot of them. We had an ice age. Something hit this planet 15,000 years ago and created an ice age, which covered the whole earth, just about it. As it began to melt off, the earth was looked like a cork bobbing in the water. That's what it means in Genesis, by the way, when it says the earth in the water and out of the water. God had to remove the water before he remade the earth and put Adam and Eve in there in the garden to reclaim the thing. It says in the water and out of the water like a bobber. The whole whole solar system was fouled up. And, and I believe that uh, whatever hit the earth... Was the, was the Satan <laughs> when he failed? I can't prove that, but Isaiah 14 says that he failed. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. And when he hit, it blew up what was here. And there was a lot of water here. Somebody said, what happened to that water? God moved it. I don't know this, but there's a frozen sea of glass in front at the edge of this, of our known thing as we go toward the, the new world with the throne of God. Has anybody read that in the book of Revelation? I'm not sure. I wouldn't want to be researched on that too much, but I kind of like that idea. Why? Hidden away in Ezekiel is the answer. Ezekiel 35, the ancient hatred. Listen to this. Now, I want you to think about Israel now. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir. And that's that's the Arab countries, and prophesy against it. Thus says the Lord God. This is to the Arab world, the Muslim world. Behold, O Mount Seir, I'm against you. I will stretch out my hand against you and make you desolate. I will lay your cities waste, and you shall be desolate. Then you shall know that I'm the Lord. Now, why is God going to do this? Verse 5, Ezekiel 35. Because you have an ancient hatred. 
Now that word ancient is not just old. It means before time as we know it. To a world that was before the world. There's a hatred that's been absorbed by the Muslims. And by the way, if you go to Mecca, they got a black rock there. It's a meteorite. It's something that came out of, that's old. And you get to kiss that thing. I wonder what they're doing about COVID. (laughs) They got a burqa hanging on it. Because they believe it's a woman that they're kissing. A burqa is what married women wear. So they believe it's a bride. And they call it the Gates of Babel, B-A-B-E-L. And everybody's always thought it was the Catholic Church. But the whore, that's not a bride, riding government, has a burqa on. The only governments on the earth that are called republics that are run by religion are Islamic republics. Where does this ancient hatred come from? I'm going to show you in just a moment. By the way, that word hatred is the same word, Pastor, in Genesis 3.15, where God said, I'm going to put enmity. I'm going to put hatred between you and that woman. Why? Because through the line that come out of Adam and Eve would come Israel. And Satan hates the seed of Israel. If you don't believe it, Pharaoh killing the firstborn, Babylon taking them into captivity, Antiochus Epiphanes killing thousands, Rome sacking Jerusalem, Hitler killing six million Jews, Stalin killing 15 million in his gulags. Ancient hatred. But Satan's in on this thing. So it's in Ezekiel 36, verse 1, And you, son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel. Everybody listening? And say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because the enemy has said of you, Aha, the ancient heights have become our possession. Therefore, prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord, because they made you desolate and swallowed you on every side. God's saying, those who dare to take the mountains of Israel. God said, I'm going I'm to make them desolate on every side. This is the devil. You can easily remember ancient hatred, ancient heights, two H's. The jealousy is over those mountains. Now why? I know it sounds strange, but we don't understand that other world. Ezekiel chapter 28 talks about the fall of Satan. He's called the anointed cherubim that covered. He was given the responsibility of covering the earth. And so there was worship and there was a race of something here. They didn't have the breath of life in them like Adam and Eve got. But there was a race of something here and Satan ruled over this world. They were getting it ready for us and for God's ultimate plan. And so in verse 12, and I'm not going to read all of Ezekiel 28, but listen where it says, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, I don't think I gave them this scripture. You were the seal of perfection. He's talking about Satan, Lucifer, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering and so forth. So he loved Eden. By the way, Eden wasn't over there in northern Iraq. It was in Jerusalem. The spring Gihon is a remnant of the river Gihon. You were in Eden, the garden of God, which by the way, Perry Stone and I agree, Eden was a country. It had a garden in it, but it was a country 1,500 miles square. All these stones were there. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared. I mean, this thing had a had an orchestra praising God all the time from that mountain. You, verse 14, were the anointed cherub who covers. You had the responsibility to cover what I was making, what I was doing, he said to Satan. You, verse 14, you were on the holy mountain of God. Isaiah 14, you wanted to sit on the mount of the congregation. You wanted the temple mount. You want that land. Now you've got to think how long this has been going on. And understand that these poor Muslims and all these, they are pawns of demonic entities and a war that stretches back beyond time. But as Brother Nick said so eloquently, there is finally an ancient hope, isn't there? 
Because in Isaiah 44, 7, Who can proclaim it as I do, saith the Lord, and then let him declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show these to them. That's what I'm doing tonight. God said, they're my ancient people, the Jews. I promised their seed before time. That mountain, that land's theirs. You can imagine, you cannot imagine since it, since 1948, the scientific discoveries that have come out of the, the anointing God has placed on that place over there. That's why I went 28 times. Because every time I went, I wanted to give the devil a kick in the teeth and celebrate the fact that he tried to kill the Jewish line that Jesus came through. And they're back in their land. And Jesus told us in Luke chapter 21, when you begin to see these things, lift up your head. Your redemption draws near. The hope is the dead bones of Ezekiel 37. Just keep reading. You start where I started and you can read right on it and the dead bones. That's the Israel comes alive. You go on to Ezekiel 38 and 39 and that, the, the, the Israel that's come alive is going to be attacked by Russia and by Iran. We ain't going to be here and these great battles are going to break, break out. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm excited. I may be 73, but I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the upper taker. My ticket's punch, bless God. I'm born again, washed in the blood, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues. Believe in the supernatural. Believe angels are walking with me right now. I believe God heals, saves, and delivers. I don't believe He's changed just because we have. I don't believe He's subject to our... I think the most intelligent, the digital, all this stuff we've got now is nothing compared to what God is and His intelligence and the power and anointing and the greatness that we sang about a moment ago. And he can look at a dead people in a dead country and he can blow his breath and then you have Israel in our lifetime. What are we telling our young people? You're not the dying generation. You're not the X generation. You're the rapture generation. Hallelujah. I said all this not to scare you or to upset you. Just to let you know that the one who knows everything saw exactly what we're in way back a long time ago and wrote it down in this book for us. My people are destroyed because they haven't opened up 66 chapters in a book and know what it says. I've spent my life, I started preaching at 16. I pastored my first church at 19. I pastored for 50 plus years. For the Baptist Sunday School, I taught for nine years, I taught from Genesis to Revelation for their Bible book series. I have written 40 books on biblical topics. I'm not ignorant of the Word of God. But what I'm doing now with people like Nick, not with Nick, but with people like him, young preachers, they have a zeal, a lot of them without knowledge. And they'll get up and preach heresy just because it sounds good. We've got to teach them the truth. And the other thing is, don't you despise the day of the prophetic. We've got people out there like Dutch Sheets and other people and late women too that have a prophetic gift for this generation that have been telling us what was going to happen and what we were going to see. And we've got to loose that prophetic gift again. I know we may foul up sometime, but we'll straighten it out. But listen to me, folks. Especially those of you who are watching. I believe everybody in this room is probably saved. Or you wouldn't be over here on a Sunday night. But I want to say something to those who may be watching online. There's coming a calamity called the Great Tribulation. Ever been anything like it? And we see the beginning of sorrows right now. We've seen plagues. We haven't seen shortages except toilet paper, which I'll never understand. But, you know, that could come. You can't shut down a country forever and, and, and kill its production and, and it survive. 
we're living in, in very strange times. But I still believe. People say, well, do you don't think there's a date for the second coming? Let me say it again. God is not subject to three dimensions in time that we live in. It's not a subject, a date. God's coming. Jesus is coming back when the conditions are right. He's not coming back for a hag or a harlot. He's coming for a bride. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. He's coming back for a tabernacle of David. We're going to see choirs and music like we've never seen. Don't you reject it because it isn't just the organ and the piano. God is coming. God is going to set the tabernacle of David. If you don't believe me, the third chapter of Acts says of Jesus, whom the heavens must receive until the time of restoration of all things spoken by the prophet. He's not coming back. Until we get some things fixed. And that's what our generation. But he is coming. And at 73, I'm already three years plus. He said I could have 70, didn't he? And if by reason of strength, longer, but 70. So I'm up, I'm three up now. I, I believe in the rapture of the church. Oh, blessed hope. Perhaps today, a moment more, and then away. Caught up in the clouds to be with Him beyond the reach of conflict, grim of disappointment, pain, and tears. Oh, blessed hope, the raptioneers. I got loved ones over there. Paulette and I are friends. We got more over there now than we got over here. The population in our age group has shifted from earth to glory. I can't wait to see Jesus. It may be at morn when the day is awaking, when sunlight through darkness and shadow is breaking. It may be at midday. It may be at twilight. It may be perhaps the darkness of midnight will burst in the fire of the blaze of His glory when Jesus receives His own. While hosts cry, Hosanna from heaven descending with glorified saints and angels attending with grace on His brow like a halo of glory when Jesus receives His own. He loves you. In spite of COVID, He loves you. In spite of aging, He's got a new body for you. He loves you. He loves you desperately. This world is not our home. And He's coming back for us. And I want voice of praise in Abba's house and the churches to be ready, to be watching. And to be found faithful in our mission and in our witness in these last days. And in America, I've had people say, oh, don't worry about the election. Don't worry. You just pray about it. Pray about it, absolutely. But guess what? You were placed in the only country on the earth, really, where the vote really matters. where you have a say. And instead, we're scared somebody beat us up if we really speak what we think. I'm going to tell you how crazy it is. I live in a very conservative neighborhood. We only have one nut living in the whole neighborhood. And my neighbor the other day, who's also kind of, he said, how many guns you got if they come up here in our neighborhood? Talking about some of these demonstrators, I got some of these people. I said, "Well, I, I got a few and got about three thousand rounds. I think I'll be all right for a day or two, anyway, you know. But I hope we don't have to do that. Let's pray for peace. Let's pray for integrity. Let's pray for a decision that doesn't stretch out and create unrest in our nation." Let's love those who don't agree with us and just and just count it off to deception. And remember, you were one time deceived. But don't you back up one inch on the truth that God's given you. Now I want us to close this service tonight. This, is, this isn't a normal service. I'm not going to do an altar ministry, but I am going to call us to a prayer meeting right now for our nation. If you can get on your knees, I have two metal knees, it's kind of hard for me, I have to kind of sit. 
But it, where, if you can get on your knees, I, I believe it'd be good if, if some people that aren't scared would kneel at this altar here at this church. If you can't, pray where you are right now. And let's ask God. To, he said, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that you know not. Let's pray for a miracle across the next several weeks in our nation. And I don't know why, but the Lord has placed the date December 14th in my mind that something's going to happen or conclude then. It may just be about me and not you, but I feel like I need to tell you that December 14th. All right, we're going to open the altars right now. We're going to let you come and pray. Please distance yourself from people if you're fearful. That's fine. Expect those who are old, of us who are older, this stuff's tough on if it gets us. But let's just trust God right now. Or, or bow your head right where you are or kneel in front of your pew if you're able. And I want you to pray like Pentecostals. Pray with the Spirit. Pray in your language. Pray in your prayer language. And let's ask God to lay His peace, His shalom across this nation right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We believe, Lord, with all of our heart as we call upon your name that you're hearing our prayers. We ask you to assign and station angels, oh God, all around the people in this room. We pray for divine protection from this moment on against any COVID or disease that would affect this ministry or the pastor or anyone else. We rebuke Satan and we rebuke his forces in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you would rebuke the enemy. We pray that demonic spirits of deception would be bound. We pray that people's eyes would be open. Lord, we pray you'd do something so astounding that it could not be denied, that, that it could not be covered up, that you would show yourself mighty on behalf of this nation. We pray for awakening and revival to stir in our souls. We pray for the rumbling wells of West Virginia and Virginia and this Appalachian Conference, Lord, for those wells to explode out of the ground and rivers of living water would burst out of the bellies of those the spiritual folks in this realm. And this great Pentecostal church, Lord, would begin to wash this eastern coast all the way up to Washington and New York and into New England, all the way down to Atlanta and all the way across the south. And Lord, that you would step in and put that fever and that pestilence under your feet. Lord, we believe you're able and we believe you can. Hear the cries of your people. Hear the cries of your people. In Jesus' name, please continue in prayer as long as you feel led.